0: A bit fire. Oh, okay. that's, cool, that's, cool. that's OK. yeah. yeah. All right, a brief history and a life. A brief history. Do you know something? When, when you get set free, you're free. you know? Is this one off? Is this one? And when Jesus sets you free from shame, he sets you free. Amen When he sets you free from fear, He sets you free. When he sets you free from addictions, he sets you free. And I was I was trapped in shame. I was sexually abused as a kid. I was um, addicted to drugs. I was addicted to pornography. Um, I was completely lost through a fear of people. It always makes me chuckle when I'm standing somewhere like this because I couldn't have sat in a room with people. Even when first saved, I used to spend half hour just to get out of the room to get to church. So I'm standing here today, I'm smiling my pants off, mate. <laughs> I just think, I think this whole gig's funny, you know, being a Christian, I love it. And as Stefan said earlier, I love, I love Jesus, man. I really love Jesus, I'm grateful to Jesus, and it's an ongoing journey. Um, the result of what God's done in my life, I was going to preach on this, but I've cut most of it out, actually, for today. i cut about two-thirds out, and you're just going to get one-third of it. But the second third would have been, there's, there's the most famous scripture in the Bible, for God so loves the world, that he gave his only son. And I've been, my little girl got into a thing, she's three years old, and she keeps just repeating everything you say. So I thought, well, I'm just going to start giving her Bible verses. So... <laughs> So we've been doing that one, For God so loves the world that he gave his one and only Son. And as she was saying it back to me one day, it suddenly, it clocked in my brain. For God so loved the world that he gave, that the actual fact that the the reason we give is becomes out of a place of love. That the greatest givers are those who love. That God actually gave agape love, where he, he gave his one and only Son. Why? because he had, he had a revelation of his father's love. And that's really where we're going today. So part of why I've ended up giving my life, surrendering my life back to Jesus, a part of that was we set up and run a project called the Father's Arms, where we housed and lived with um, addicts and ex-offenders. And, oh man, it's, it was uh, just a beautiful time of seeing people get saved, seeing people get set free. Seeing some people who didn't get saved or set free. But it's okay. Because our call is just to love people. That's it. Bottom line, we're here just to love people. The ultimate expression of love is to introduce them to the lover that is Jesus. But if they don't want to know, they don't want to know. We can still love them. That was a long introduction to a question, weren't it? So we've got to get on with this preach. I've just got to do something. I wasn't going to do this, but... Um, someone reminded me, it's not really to do with Jesus I'm afraid, but I'm aware that I'm near uh, a football ground, that I wouldn't even mention the name of it in a church, so I'm not going to mention the Now No, I will have to mention the name of it because there might be some fans here. Are there any Arsenal fans here? <laughs> there, one, two, three. Listen, it says, the Bible says to bless your enemies. So... <laughs> I just want to bless you today, and I just want to remind you of the truth. We beat you 5-1. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> is that alright? Yes? Is that good? And can I lead you in a prayer? If you, okay. if you just pray this after me, I renounce Arsenal Football Club and all of their ways. I sign my legion over to Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. You, you, you're not praying. Oh, Lord, pray. Okay. <laughs> you're happy with that? Pray. It's good. Okay. Good, good. All right, let's, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. <laughs> we love you, Jesus. You're our daddy. You're so beautiful. You're, you're altogether wonderful. You're everything to us, Lord Jesus. You put a smile on my face, Lord God. I can't stop laughing because you're just, you're beautiful, Lord God. You're precious. I love to see your face, Jesus. I love to see your eyes and your smile. We love to just run into your arms and and just hug you and be hugged and be loved by you. We love to be intimate with you, Father God. And we pray today, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know the Father. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you you would come forth into our hearts and open our hearts wide to receive the truth that would help us to get an understanding of who the person is who is truth who the person is who is truth that is jesus our lover so we welcome you holy spirit afresh in this place thank you you're here so anything's possible anything's possible jesus amen I'm going to read out 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, the famous scripture. And it says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking. It it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And we're just going to jump over to verse 13. And now these these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Follow the way of love. And eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. I've, I've always asked the question with this whole kind of Christian life, what is, what's it all really about? I'm not one of those people that can just accept some things as they are. I'm, I'm always asking God, what, what are you really into, God? What, what really matters to you? I know what the next preacher might come up and say, or the next book might say, but I want to know for myself, what is this gig really about? What really matters to God? And I think I heard one of the best answers once in a guy in our old church, and it was a guy who um, had planted many churches in India and across in different places, but he'd said he'd taken a year out and he just spent time in the Word of God asking God that kind of question. And he came up with this conclusion. He started his preach actually with this, and he said, The conclusion I come to is this that God is a father who wants a big family. And I wanted to get up and just say, sit down, mate, that'll do. It was one of them, because that just that just sums the whole gig up. God's our daddy who just wants to have loads of sons and daughters in relationship with him. The book, the book's a love story, isn't it? It's a passionate adventure of of a father seeking out his sons and daughters. It's a love story of a bridegroom going after his bride. From start to finish, it's going to finish with the fact that us as his bride are going to get married to Jesus. I don't know about you, but that excites me. That excites me. More than a lot of the other stuff I hear around Christian circles, that, that gets me buzzing for Jesus. See, I'm someone who I always wanted to be a signs and wonders man. You know, I feel like I've ended up. I said to God, I feel like more like Bridget Jones these days when I'm talking to people. (laughs) There's lots of signs and wonders. I remember seeing Paul Kane once, and he he, thousands of people there, and he he would pull someone out, and he would say, he would say, "There's someone here. His name's Andrew." And about five people stood up called Andrew. And I thought, how's he going to do this then? And he went, oh, you're, you've, got, you've got a brother called Derek and your mother's name is this. <laughs> <laughs> and four people stood down and then he went, R-r-r-r-r-r. I love all that. And I still love all that. But you know what, as a foundation and as my sole purpose in life, and I believe the sole purpose in life for his bride is to just fall in love with the bridegroom. And fall in love again, and the next day fall in love, fall in love, fall in love. Just keep falling in love with our daddy and the one who died for us. There's a guy in the, in the Bible called Peter, who many of you would have read about. Okay, Peter, he was one of these people who, he, he was up for the fire. He was up for church planting. He, he was up for dying for Jesus. He was was full of passion trying to follow Jesus. But there came a moment in Peter's life when Jesus is talking about how he's he's about to go to the cross. And he actually, Peter says, I will follow you. And the rest of the disciples also say, I will follow you. But it's Peter that's standing there going, I will follow you. Even if it means I'm going to die, I will follow you to the cross. And Jesus turns and says to him, you cannot go where I'm going right now. And then he, then he tells them that just, it must have just been a crushing moment for Peter when the revelation hit. And he's, and he's realising that he can't actually follow Jesus. At this point, when Jesus telling him, Peter still, I'm your man. If all of the rest of the disciples, if the rest of the church don't follow you, I'll follow you. I'm your man. As the story goes on, there's that. I, I would imagine when Peter gets to heaven, he never wants to hear this sound again, and it goes like this: cock-a-doo-doo-doo. <laughs> and he hears that sound, and he and he's denied Jesus three times, and and how crushing that must have been to think you can follow God, and then realise you can't. And then as the story untangles, Jesus now died, risen again, and he comes back. And he's, I love Jesus because he's, he's cooking up some fish, isn't he? It's so, so normal. He's cooking up some fish. And Peter's sitting there and he says to Peter, Do you love me? And he says it three times. Now what's interesting is, Peter before that was trying to follow Jesus in agape love. Agape love where you will surrender and sacrifice your life to Jesus. But Jesus comes along and says to Peter, Do you love me, filio love? Do you love me like a friend? Do you love me like a brother? And I believe that, that in those three, three times Jesus asked Peter it brought healing on the inside to him but it brought him into a place of filial love. The apostle John got it. He just, he just rested with Jesus. But Peter then, something dropped into his spirit and he learned what filial love is. And that led to agape love. You see, we, we have to get things the right way round. It has to be first the first commandment, then the Great Commission. Many times as Christians, we're running out trying to do the Great Commission. We're trying to see people saved, trying to learn how to pray for the sick and see them healed, trying to, if we're, if we're a bit bolder, trying to raise the dead if we come across any. We're trying to do the stuff, aren't we? trying to prophesy, trying to do words of knowledge. But I tell you what, if we haven't learned the first commandment, just to love him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength, and love our neighbour... It just lets off a bad smell to the lost out there. It do not smell good. It's interesting that Jesus, the words he used the most recorded in the gospel, number one was father. He spoke more about his daddy than anything else. I think that, that, that really sets the standard for us. How much do we just talk about our daddy or do we talk about other stuff? The second word recorded most used by Jesus in the Gospels is the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And I think there's, there's something in that. That as, as we learn to just rest with our Father, as we learn to live under his love and receive his love, we will bring forth the kingdom of God. Or better than that, he will bring forth the kingdom of God through us. Because it's his kingdom in us, it's his working through us. Jesus is our example. The best example i can think of the father's love coming towards us was when jesus got baptized and you know if you you think about when jesus got baptized and he's about to enter his ministry he may well have known that he's at some point he's going to die on the cross at that point i often wonder what word would jesus needed to have heard if i was god and you're about to get baptized about to go into all that you're doing i think i would have brought out um one of the prophecies from isaiah and said this this is a messianic prophecy this is who you are you know you know when you're about you're moving somewhere different or maybe you've just turned up into this church and you've got a prophecy and people say to you just read your prophecy it reminds you you know it'll get you through the hard times it reminds remind you you're meant to be in revelation church god said this or he spoke out the word The father didn't do that to Jesus. Not that that's a bad thing, but he didn't do that to Jesus. He gave him three words. He says, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. And I I believe that Jesus actually needed to hear them words because he was living out of a spirit of sonship towards his daddy. And I I had a lovely experience of hearing him say that I'm his son, okay, about a year ago. I was lying on my bed, and I had some quiet music on, and I'm, ju- I'm just there, waiting for Jesus to speak to me, trying to just, just waste time in the presence of God, just be with Jesus. But after about ten minutes, I said to him, I said, do you know what, I'm, I'm really bored. I'm really bored. But as soon as I said that, he said to me, but I love this, and I went no, You love this? I said to him, well, I don't get it right now. I've j- I've just, I'm just sitting here telling you I'm bored. I know you're God. I know you want to boo me, but I'm bored. You tell me you love this. What do you love about it? And he said to me, I just love to be with you. I sent my son to die on the cross for this. And I was still confused, and I was in a bit of a silly mood with him as well. And I, I don't get that. You, you're saying to me that, that you just love this I'm lying here on my bed, I'm telling you I'm bored and you're telling me that you are willing for Jesus to die on the cross for this? What for this? and so I said to him, what is it you love about me then? and I was in a silly mood and I said, "Oh, is, is it is it me good looks? is it me feet? is it the ministry? I knew it could be any of these things I said, what is it you love so much about me? and he said something to me, he said it to me three times and I love this. He said to me, you're my boy, you're my boy, you're my boy. And I get that, because i got a little girl. And that makes sense to me. He doesn't love me because of anything except the fact that I'm just his boy. I'm his little boy. Listen, listen, church. I could spend the rest of my, life. I'm not gonna go that way. I could spend the rest of my life, Well, oh, I can't dance now. I could spend the rest of my life dancing to heaven on the basis of that. That will do it for me. Done. Dusted. That's it man. I'm happy till the day I die. No matter what. My daddy loves me. You get it? My daddy loves me. <laughs> and it don't matter no more what people think. It sets you free. See the apostle John talks about It's confidence in the love of God. It's the love of God that drives out fear. And you come under that love and it just everything else just disintegrates. Yay! <laughs> well, I'm excited. Whom? Then he said, whom I love. Father comes and he says to Jesus, this is my son whom I love. For, for a good three year period, the Holy Spirit kept saying one thing to me. And it started driving me nuts. Kept saying, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. And I said to him one day, why do you just... You know, can't we move on to something else? Why do you keep telling me you love me? How about the bigger revelations, you know? You love me, you love... I get it now, you love me. So I said, why, why do you keep saying you love me? And he said back to me... Only God can speak like this, and he? He's clever, mate. Only and he said back to me, Because I love you. Because <laughs> I love you. Another time I said to him, Okay, you really don't need to keep telling me you love me. I get it now. And he said, John, you don't understand. you're always looking for revelation the revelation is the relationship the relationship is that I love you that's it bottom line I love you well pleased this is my son whom I love with whom I'm well pleased the Holy Spirit also showed me something we're going somewhere with this by the way guys he also showed me something of how he rejoices over me I had a beautiful experience where um, I received some prayer from someone. It's again, not long ago, maybe six months ago. And he showed me a picture of me as a baby. And, and I'm there as a little baby. But it brought some healing because I could sense the, the enemy trying to come in. But he showed me a picture of me as a baby. And, it, and I saw Jesus in the picture. And Jesus was doing something. You know what he's doing? I might have to take my mic off. I've got a mate that does this in church who came for our project. Wonderful. Yeah. My friend in church does this all the time, but he hasn't got as much energy as Jesus. My mate's like the ever-ready ever really bunny, that, that bunny on the advert. But, but Jesus just don't stop. This is what he was doing while I was getting born. <laughs> Blood them out there and, he, and I saw it and he just didn't stop, he was rejoicing over me again and again and again and you see when a little baby's just been born there ain't no achievement, you haven't done anything to earn it have you he just loves you unconditionally my daddy was just, he was going mad over me can we just turn to Luke 15 verse 8, there's a scripture that kind of goes in line with this keep coming Holy Spirit help us Jesus okay Luke 15 verse 8 it Says, says suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one does she not light a lamp sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it and when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbours together and says, Rejoice with me, I've found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. <coughs> I don't know how many times you've read this, but something hit me about this recently. Is we, we always say the angels of God are rejoicing. It ain't what it says. If you have a look at that, it says... In the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of God over one sinner who repents. So it says there's someone rejoicing up there in heaven. I'm sure the angels are rejoicing, but it seems pretty clear to me the one that's rejoicing is our daddy, isn't it? Our daddy is rejoicing, and up there in heaven is rejoicing going on. All the time, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit just rejoicing wildly, having a party. Why? Why? because another person's got saved. If you've got saved here recently, your daddy has been rejoicing over you from the moment you got born, if not before that, alright? And then the moment you got saved, there was a party up there with heaven. It don't matter what your dad was like on this earth. Some people say, oh, but my dad was this or that. You need to get through that, to be honest, black and white, you need to get through it. Your daddy is rejoicing over you constantly. That's good news, yeah. Steph, If I've gone too long, just just shout stop or give us a give us a nod or something. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Jesus died on a cross. Okay, I like this. He died on a cross to forgive us our sins, so we can come into a relationship with our Father. Yeah, did. He loves us unconditionally. He's for us, not against us. That's the gospel, isn't it? But do you know what I find? I actually did this once in a church. I just preached the gospel to Christians Old time. I was was amused. They weren't amused. Do you know what came out of their hearts? Next! What's, What's next? Give us the next book. Give us the next bit of teaching. And I I believe there is no next. What next? You see, the acid test is how excited are you about the gospel? Really, how excited? It's not not a matter of personality, you're loud or quiet and all that. Just just in your heart, when you hear that your daddy sent his only son to die for you, are you excited? Does Does it do something in you? Because my frustration is I don't meet many believers who seem to be excited about Jesus. And I don't meet many people in leadership that seem to be excited about Jesus. And I've got, I've got sick and tired of sitting with people and talking about strategies and this and that. I don't care anymore. I just, I just, I didn't get into all this for that. God didn't pull me out of my sin and all that rubbish to go on about that. I just wanted to fall in love with Jesus. And 15 years on, I want to be more in love with Jesus. I want to be more in love with him this is what I believe happens why sometimes the believers are not excited about Jesus now okay why we get saved we fall in love we grow up or we get saved we never seem to quite the penny don't quite drop we don't really fall in love with Jesus but we are saved and then we grow up what is growing up we learn stuff We get a job in church, we go on courses, we read books, we go to conferences, and all these things are good, okay? All these things are good. But growth is a question of what you're rooted into. And are are you rooted in the love of God? Have you been rooted and established in the love of God? Question for you, are you more in love with Jesus this year than last year? Or do you just know some more information? The church is called revelation, not information. Yeah? And that's what we need. There's a bit in the book where Jesus says, he says it to the Pharisees, but it's, it's applied to my life many times. He says, you diligently study the scriptures, but you refuse to come to me to have life. Have, have you encountered Jesus as the person or have you just encountered the doctrine? Have you just encountered the theology of love? Or do you know him as the lover? There's a whole world of difference. Do you, do, you, do you just know the book of the Lord? Or do you know the Lord of the book? We need to know the Logos word of God. We need to know the, lo- the word of God. But it's going somewhere. It's leading us. This is, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's leading us to a person. We need to know who that is. And that's the acid test. And I do challenge you guys with that today. Because I don't know where any of you are at. But I know for most people I've met, I do wonder about this stuff. How much do we really have in our church life of a revelation of who he is? So very quickly, who receives the revelations? Those who are in a position to receive it. Does God's unconditional love have conditions to receiving it? Think about that one. Funny one, isn't it? I'm not, I don't, I, do you know what I really don't like when people do teaching and that and then they ask a question and then they know the answer and all that. I won't go that. Does God's unconditional, it's an interesting one to think of, does God's unconditional love have conditions to receive in it? Absolutely yes. 100% yes. Can I borrow you for a minute, Steph? Yeah. Let's stand out here. Here's, here's Stephan and God's <laughs> unconditional love is coming towards him, Okay. And the father wants to come and give him a hug. But stephen has got his arms like that. So I don't know if we can move with this mic. He comes to give him a hug. He can't hug him. Now, is there anything wrong with God's unconditional love? God's unconditional love is flowing constantly towards Steph. but Because this is just an example, okay? This is not because of Steph, okay? This is not a word of knowledge about Steph. Just to make that clear. But because Steph has been hurt in the past, he's got his walls up. And no one can get close, including God. Does that change God's unconditional love? But there's conditions to receiving it. He needs to let the walls come down. He needs to take a chance. What about if Stefan's hands were full of stuff? We can like come into church today, and if your journey, well, your journey probably wasn't like ours. The sat nav gets messed up. <laughs> trusting the wife, it's all oh man, alive, you know. And you come in, and your hands full of stuff, and you just thinking. Here we go again, God's unconditional love. He wants to give words of love to Stephen. He wants to look him eyeball to eyeball and just let him know, I love you. I love you of an everlasting love. He wants to break the word of God down and speak it in personal language to Stephen. So it's not just, this is my son whom I love. He wants to say, you're my boy. You're my boy. And it just erupts in his spirit, but he can't hear it he's holding on to the word of God. <laughs> we won't go down that one. That could get a bit tricky. He's holding on to stuff, so he can't get through. Also, if Stefan was going for a walk, wandering about, God's unconditional love is coming towards Stefan. That too, Stefan. <laughs> Great walking, man. Unconditional love. It's, he's too busy. To receive the love of the Father. I know it's simple, but it's the difference between who gets the revelation and who doesn't. The question is, how bad do you want it? How bad did you want this? If he's willing to die, I want everything. I want everything. But sometimes that costs. to have your arms folded like that, and you have to face some stuff. Man, that, that costs. that ain't easy. That's probably the hardest thing I think people have to face, is to let them barriers down. But bit by bit, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can do that. But it's making a choice to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, in work with the Holy Spirit, just begin to let that stuff down. Who received the revelation? Matthew 11 verse 25. This is a lovely scripture. says, at that time Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Western Christianity, as far as I've seen my experience of it, fits into a lot of this. You've hidden... These things, talking about the revelation, the things that Jesus has been talking about. You've hidden these things from the wise and the learned, but you've revealed them to little children. That's a major ouch over our society, over our Christian society. Because we've often been taught a gospel and and getting to know Jesus on the basis of accumulating, of knowing more books, more facts, more information. An actual fact, it's the very opposite of what the Word of God says. The Word of God says revelation comes to those who are like little children. It's a challenge, isn't it? It's a challenge to me for years, because I, I spent years on analytical thinking and working it out. And you know what? That stuff's just got to go. It's got to go, and it's a hard, hard task to lie that stuff down. But today I'm kind of going, there's a better way. There's a better way. And it's the way of being a little child. Little children are dependent, aren't they? Ouch. <laughs> Little children are not independent. Little children trust. Little children are real. Little children are honest. Little children don't find it that hard to receive. When you say, come Holy Spirit, love that person. Okay. Little children don't work it all out. Little children just accept it by faith. Ouch. Ouch, man. I had one experience of this just, just to get the point home. For years, I had asthma, and I'd had all sorts of prayer over asthma, and I'd read all sorts of books on healing. I've had enough of books. You might have gathered that. There's no wrong with books, but I personally, I've had enough of books because the head's not good. <laughs> so I've got, I've got me a 1,000 points in how you better pray for the sick, for the different conferences and all of that. And I've laid all that down, and one day I'm in Liddles, in Woolwich, And I'm having, I'm doing my shopping and I'm having a full on asthma attack, just suddenly comes on me and asthma for me was probably in the summer, at least once a week, was straight up to the hospital and on the gas thing or they stick a needle in there. It was all, you know, it's pretty heavy asthma, but I got used to it. So my thinking was this, shall I finish the rest of the shopping and then just get straight up to the hospital or shall I just leave the shopping and go straight to the hospital? But then I prayed a prayer, and this prayer has been working for me. It's really worked. better than all the books, right? Check this prayer out. As there's two points to it, but my the first, my first one is what I prayed this time. I prayed, help me, Daddy. Help me, Daddy. Asthma attack stopped. Haven't had asthma since. From the age of two to whatever age I was then, 30 years old. Help me, Daddy. And I've, my prayer of faith is this these days. My prayer of faith, firstly, is I don't know. My second prayer of faith is, help me, Daddy. <laughs> and it works. It works. Rather than me thinking I know what the answer. As I, as, even as I step up here, the Holy Spirit goes, I'll take it from here. <laughs> I have a little chuckle to myself. You just take it from here, God. Because I, I don't know about you, but I, I've learned that I'm not very good at this Christian stuff. I'm really, really not but he really, really is good at it, and he lives in me. And so if I see a sick person now and they want me to pray for them, in my heart I'll be saying, I don't know how to heal this person, but I know you're the healer. I surrender to the healer who lives in me. Help me, Daddy. That's all I've got anymore. Because what they need out there and what we need is Jesus, not another ten-point plan. We need Jesus. And sometimes I think the, the church is so starved of the real Jesus. You know, we just, it's Jesus they want. The broken out there need Jesus. The addicts and the lost and those, those in the gutter and the rich people. And across the board, they need Jesus. And where the answer, but are we giving them Jesus? What are we giving them? It's an overflow. I'm going into what my other point of the preacher, I won't go there. It's an overflow of love. We need to get so full up with love, it overflows. Mary in the Bible, she was someone who received the revelation. She sat at the feet of Jesus. Again, not easy. And he spoke to her, and she listened. You know, this is, this is my last point. I mean, oh, by the way, it always makes me laugh as well preaching because I'm the worst listener to people preaching. I can't sit still. In fact, last Sunday I, I said to Tam, Do you know what? Unless the person really grabs me early on, I'm just going to chat to Jesus for now. I, can't, I know that's wrong, right? I've <laughs> <laughs> oh, gone too far. Stephan, give me a slap in a minute. <laughs> I find it hard to, hard to listen to people, man. So you guys are doing well. You look like you're listening anyway. So thank you. <laughs> he constantly wants to talk to you. Okay? Don't miss some of these points. God constantly wants to talk to you. I know it's simple, but it's the truth. The question is, will you learn how to listen? Hearing God's voice is not optional. It's not just for the prophetic people. Hearing God's voice is actually the foundation of New Covenant Christianity. That's what it's all about. It's about having a personal relationship where he speaks. We're going to pray in a minute, and we're going to ask Jesus to speak to us all individually. We're going to believe God can just speak. I spent years saying I can't hear the voice of God. Years. done my nothing. And then, then even leading people to Jesus and they would start hearing him and I'm like, this ain't right, you know. I could read the book but he just, he just never seemed to, you know. I'd pray, I'd fast, I'd try and earn it, <laughs> try and do all that stuff, just couldn't hear it. And then one day I said this to a guy, a South African guy in our church. I said, I just, I just can't hear his voice. Other people seem to, I can't. And he said to me, do you know this scripture? And he said, my sheep hear my voice. And so he challenged me. He said, well, are you his sheep? And I said, well, yeah, I'm his sheep. So he said, well, either you're right or the word of God's right. One of you's right or one of you's wrong. Because if you're his sheep, you hear his word. That's a fact. So I couldn't really argue with that. Okay? The bottom line is, if you're here today and you know you belong to Jesus, you are his sheep. And the word of God says, you hear his voice. So it's a bit like the unconditional love thing coming to Stephen. It's coming. God is speaking all the time, day and night, from the moment you get up in the morning to the moment you go to sleep and during your sleep. God doesn't stop talking to us. Okay, that's good news. But we need to just trust that we can really hear his voice and take that as his word. Can you all just close your eyes for a minute and we're just going to pray some prayers. We're going to pray first of just, if you can identify with that, that you've said you're someone who just doesn't hear his voice. We're going to repent of that. Repent of believing a lie, because it is a lie. So if you just, if you just pray this after me, we'll pray this through. Jesus, I thank you that I can hear your voice. Jesus, I thank you that I can hear your voice, because I am your sheep, because I am your sheep. I repent of believing a lie, I repent of believing a lie, that I cannot hear your voice, that I cannot hear your voice, and I ask today, and I ask today, that you would speak to me, that you would speak to me. We're going to pray in tongues for me. You want to open your eyes for a second. We're going to pray in tongues. If you can't pray in tongues, that's fine. Just just speak out in your own language to Jesus at the moment. That's not a problem. Um, and then we're going, to, we're going to stop, and then we're going to ask God, and we're going to be quiet for maybe one minute. And we're going to ask God this question, Jesus, how do you see me right now? Right now. Okay? And he wants to speak to you. And he might might speak to you a Bible verse, but he might speak to you something totally different. Okay? And often it it can be, when you've got used to dismissing the word that he speaks to you, it's often very subtle and you can miss it. But we made a choice back there to just say, I'm just going to start believing what he says. Whatever he says, I'm, I'm having it. As long as it lines up with the book, I'm having it. Okay? So we're going to take a chance now and we're just going to say I'm having whatever he's going to say to me okay so let's just pray in tongues da <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Okay, now we're going to ask him this question. I'm going to pray it out and then pray it out after me. Jesus, how do you see me right now? Jesus, how do you see me right now? Okay, we're just going to wait in silence for a moment. Okay, just, just keep your eyes closed. If some of you are feeling a pressure to hear the word of God, to hear what he's saying, just, just pray that prayer. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to hear God. Take the pressure off. Don't let there be any pressure to this. Just say to him, I don't know. I don't know how to do this, but I ask you to speak. Okay, while our eyes are closed, if you believe that God's answered that question to you today, can you just put your hand up in the air? Okay, great, if you put your hands down. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, everyone opens their eyes. know we didn't give very long for that. what I'd love is just a couple of people just to come and share on the mic what God said. Especially if you've, you've been someone that's not really heard God. I'll tell you what, if you're one of the people that comes up here maybe and prophesies and all that, stay where you are, okay? <laughs> is that all right? Maybe someone that's, who would like to come and share? Just a couple of people. Do you know what? And sharing encourages others. It really does. It really does. It helps others. Hello there. What's your name? Catherine. Catherine. Okay. Hello. Um, God said one word to me. He said, You're a girl. I'm not a woman. I'm not extremely successful or wonderful or amazing. I'm just this little girl. That's true. Yeah. Wow, well, there's something in it. That's something. Do you, do you see how.